0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the IPHO Student Podcast here at the University of North Texas Health Science Center. Join us as we discuss all things industry, from fellowships and industry careers to understanding what industry actually is. So stay tuned, and here we go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the IPHO Student Podcast here at UNTHSC. I'm super excited to welcome an incoming fellow at Johnson & Johnson, and this is a long, <laughs> long title, in Commercial Insights and Strategy and in Infectious Diseases and Vaccines and Neuroscience, P4 Chananye Duru. How's it going? Hey, it's going good. Awesome. So uh, I usually like to start off with a little joke. <laughs> How does it feel? Well, first of all, your name is Chananye. Um, You're my namesake. Yeah. <laughs> So people don't usually know this, but my first name is actually Chinonyeh as well. And uh, all my life, I never thought that I would meet another person named Chinonyeh until I got to pharmacy school. And so here we are. So, (laughs) All right. Um, So, yeah, we can kind of get into this interview. Um, I guess tell us about the interview process from your memory.
1: Yeah, um, because it was a while ago. Um, so for me, the interview process was the hardest part about getting my fellowship only because I didn't really know how to approach it um, and I had to really rely on my mentors and other outside resources that I found like on LinkedIn um, to kind of practice like the interviewing style. Um, and then also interview can, interviewing can be draining because it's like multiple rounds. Um, So you have, like, the first round of interviews, which is, like, kind of basic, tell me about yourself, like, the fellow is usually interviewing you, so they just Mm -hmm. kind of want to know about you and why you want to apply to their program. And then the second round is, like, maybe an extended group of people, maybe like a fellow and a director maybe, and they're asking you more specific questions about the role and seeing kind of, like, if you're a good fit for the team. Mm -hmm. And then for me, the third round was also virtual. These are all virtual, by the way. Um, The third round was virtual. Some companies require you to come on site, but thankfully I didn't have to do that because I didn't have the funds, but it (laughs) worked out. I had to give like a final presentation, but they gave me like a guide on what I was going to present. So they didn't just throw me me in there. Um, So I presented to a couple directors and like some fellows. And that was more, I guess, kind of to gauge your presentation style, like, how you you kind of put a presentation together. And also, again, I say this a lot, but to kind of see if you're a good fit. Like, do you get along well with the team? Because, like, they're interviewing you, but at the same time, you're kind of interviewing them to see, like, would I be a good fit for this role? So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it was for me.
0: Sweet. So we all know that fellowships are super competitive, I'm wondering, what do you think made you stand out?
1: Um, yeah, they are very competitive. There's like hundreds of applicants, and they have to kind of narrow it down. So that's why they have the first round, the second round, and the third round. For me, for my the fellowship that I got, I think something that made me stand out was Honestly, just being a good fit for the team I was interviewing for and then having my appy experience with um, Premier Pharma mentors. Um, So that's like a consulting rotation that another classmate of mine and I, Joan, we both kind of um, found it on LinkedIn and then got the contract with our school. Mm. But something that taught the both of us is how to make a really good presentation and how to kind of see how pharma works, like how like the moving parts kind of come together. So me speaking to that and being able to tell them that you know I learned from this rotation and this is wh- where I want to apply it, I think kind of made me stand out a little bit. And I would also say um, in the beginning, your interviewing is kind of like, you're not, you get better as the time goes, you know? So mm-hmm. by the time I interviewed for that specific position, I felt like I was more confident in my interviewing. And I know they could see that. So I would say those are the main things that kind of made me stand out from probably other applicants.
0: Okay. That's nice. I think usually when I ask other people that question, they give me a very, you know, broad answer. So thank you for being super specific. I actually thought that you would mention the IPHO national regional officer position that you had. Um, I kind of advertised that. Actually, to be honest, I kind of thought that's what made you stand out. Oh, okay. Um, because when I was on LinkedIn and I noticed that a lot of people uh, would thank, I think, Jim Alexander, mm-hmm. who was the director of that program, and uh, I saw a lot of them actually did that uh, position as well. So uh, I guess could you kind of t- – I mean, not saying it's a bad thing, but could yeah. you kind of go into that experience for you?
1: Yeah. So the position you're talking about is the, the national – internship.
0: Yeah. Um, For IPHO.
1: Yeah. I applied to that because, again, I just wanted more experience and I wanted to network and meet more people. So I applied and I got it, thankfully, and my project was kind of to um, analyze the results of some diversity initiatives that IPHO had on a national level. and aside from, like, completing that project, my preceptor was the vice president of IPHO, so she already had a lot of connections, like, she was awesome. She linked me to whoever I need to talk to. Any questions I had, she was able to find me, like, a resource. Um, and then also, um, through one of the projects, I had to interview um, diversity scholarship recipients, and I actually met one of my current mentors just doing that. So. I wouldn't necessarily say, like, the internship made me stand out, but it opened the doors to just meeting people I wouldn't have met otherwise, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for that (laughs) internship.
0: That's good to hear. So I also noticed that you work for Precision Value, and I think it seems like you started working there pretty recently. And uh, Precision Value is a company that I've seen a lot of people work in. Uh, There was one guy I got to meet who got to industry without having a fellowship, and he currently works for Precision, Val- Precision Value. So could you kind of tell me about your experience there and why, even though you're a fellow now, you still you know chose to pursue that opportunity?
1: Yeah, so the PV elective was something I ranked on my appy rotation, um, but I didn't really know a lot about it. I'm pretty, I don't know if you guys know about it either. We do <laughs> it's on there we actually have a um unt alumni her name is nicole shaw and oh. i believe she's the one who kind of got the contract together she's a current employee employee there um i think she works on the clinical services team but i'm not 100 percent sure um so i ranked that because whenever i was looking for appies i wanted something that was going to give me more industry exposure and precision value is actually an agency that works with pharmaceutical companies to help them prepare for a launch of a new product and they essentially create pieces or propositions for the pharmaceutical companies and they use that to like demonstrate the value of why their medication is valuable to a specific market and they also present that to key decision makers so even though that wasn't specifically like something I 100% wanted to do. I knew it was going to help me kind of put the pieces together to how pharma works. Um, and I think it was a great experience. I recommend any incoming P4 who just wants to learn about industry or have that exposure to take it if it's an, if it's an option still.
0: So. Okay. Good way of explaining what precision value does because yeah. I actually never knew <laughs> you know exactly what their role was. Um, so I know everyone always asks what's your short-term and long-term goals. I know you just became a fellow, but I think it helps to kind of have a pathway that you want to follow and a focused career that you want to get into. Mm -hmm. So if you could try your best, um, kind (laughs) of explain why, I mean not why, but what you want to do with your fellowship position and, you know, what can we expect in maybe three years after you finish your uh, position?
1: For me, in the next couple of years, I really want to gain as much experience as I can um, during my fellowship and learn as much as possible. Because right now, like as an incoming fellow, you're, you kind of feel restricted to that one functional area that you picked, but one of the things I love about J&J is that they really invest into their fellows and they, ele- they allow you to explore whatever area you might get interested in later. So they don't make you feel like you're trapped in a little bubble. You're able to explore other functional areas, what you like, what you don't like. So for me, I just know that going in, I want to learn as much as possible. And then like, hopefully when I'm done with my fellowship, I can get like a, a good idea of exactly where I want to be in pharma. Um, there is kind of like a lot of pressure to like stay within your area, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so, yeah, hopefully working my way up to a director role or wherever life takes me, honestly. But I'm just, again, wanting to gain as much experience and learn as much as possible.
0: Yeah, well said. I was actually told that it's hard to get into industry, but once you do get in there, it's really easy to, you know, maneuver around and things exactly. like that. So yeah. um, so you are also doing a concentration in infectious disease, vaccines and neuroscience. So that reminds me of neuro, neuro, which we're currently taking now and ID. So I think those are probably our most unlike classes, I think. Uh, (laughs) Probably is up there, too. But uh, so, I mean, is that kind of what you always wanted? Or could you kind of explain what that kind of correlates with ID and neuroscience? I've never really seen that correlation.
1: Yeah. um, So for me, whenever I was applying, I knew I wanted to do commercial specifically because It allows me to still be creative, like I get to develop strategies to help keep our projects afloat and our therapies afloat. And I thought having that business aspect to it is more kind of like what I was interested in. Um, But initially I interviewed for the pulmonary hypertension team. So what I actually got was not what I interviewed for. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, like the therapeutic area, it matters to me, but again, it's like, a, it's a great opportunity. I, I'm going to take advantage of it, you know? So mm-hmm. um, they have multiple therapeutic areas um, and ID neuroscience and vaccines is just something that they kind of clumped together into one. Mm-hmm. But I think ho- in a couple years or even whenever I'm going in, they're going to um, kind of dissolve it. So it's like more broken up.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah. And then what would be your... Well, I mean, I know you mentioned that you were interested in the pulmonary position, mm-hmm. but since you are in that category now, mm-hmm. what will you kind of lean towards? Will it be ID or neuroscience?
1: Probably neuroscience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not bad. All right. Uh, so I think obviously you are an accomplished um, student, pharmacy student. I know i will about to call you a pharmacist, but you're <laughs> give me like a couple more yeah. months. All right. Um, So I guess how are rotations going now that you, you know, that you're free? Are you kind of slagging a little bit? Or how does it feel just to be finally done, you know?
1: It feels freeing, but it's also, it's, like, nerve-wracking because it's, like, we're about to, like, enter into the future. We're not going to be students anymore. Like, you're not going to have that safety net that school kind of gives you. Mm -hmm. So that part, just the future and what the future holds is kind of, um, intimidating, but I will say that Appies is better than being in a classroom taking exams. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I feel like I have more free time, um, and I have like more time to like focus on other things besides school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like you y- you guys are gonna love Appies.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. yeah, I hear good things about Appies. Yeah. So speaking of Appies after every APPE, everyone has to take the NAPLEX exam, mm-hmm. but if you're going to industry, it's not really required. Mm. So what, you know, are you are you planning on taking it or, or I not? am. Okay. Um,
1: from talking to past fellows or current fellows, they actually did take their na- NAPLEX in their respective states just to kind of have a side job um, mm. because they might, you know, want more money or whatever they need. It was just something to have just in case. Um, and then it's like we worked really hard for this degree, and I feel like getting the maximum, um, I guess, quality out of it would be to take the flex and just have that license under your belt because you just never know like what life's, life's going to throw at you, just mm-hmm. being safe. But for anyone who doesn't want to take it, like you just don't want to take it, industry, you don't have to have it um, at all. You don't have to be licensed to work in industry as a PharmD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's something to consider if you're interested in industry. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well said. So actually one thing I was always wondering was where will you be moving to?
1: <laughs> so J and J's, the office I'm going to be working at is actually in New Jersey. <laughs> okay. It's far from here. Never lived anywhere outside of Dallas before, so it's gonna be interesting. Um, but most fellows kind of live in Philly, and they commute, because mm. like everywhere up on the East Coast is really close together, so they're able to have kind of like the fun, you know, work-life balance in Philly, and then commute to the office in Jersey.
0: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Jersey, okay. Mm-hmm. So, I think, I mean, obviously, this is probably a tough question to ask but because, I mean, you've kind of got what you wanted in a way, but if you could kind of go back in time, is there anything that you would do differently? Um,
1: in terms of getting my fellowship?
0: Or? Yeah, because, like, once you've seen the process and you've had that experience, I think everyone always has that, you know, peripheral vision where they kind of look back and, you know, kind of wonder what they could have done to maybe do get more or make it easier cuz you know some people it's kind of like rock climbing right where everyone has a different path to get there but we all get to the same spot yeah. and some people might take a a harder road to get there so i'm wondering for you maybe you didn't take a harder road but mm-hmm. if there was anything that you would change to make it more i guess a straightforward path to get to where you are now what what would that be
1: yeah i think the first thing I mean, as a P2, you, don't, you still kind of don't know what you want to do, mm-hmm. um, but it would have been nice to kind of know what area I wanted to go into because your P2 year going into your P3 that summer, that's the time when a lot of internships start posting and all the companies are hiring. And I wish I would have taken advantage of that because I, I do think that that's like highly beneficial because you're already getting an exposure as a student in the company and they're investing into you and you're chances of getting hired straight on or even getting a fellowship in for that company is higher. So that's one thing I probably recommend to students who are interested in industry as a P2. But aside from that, um, I know we hear this a lot. I wish I would have probably networked more or earlier Mm -hmm. because they do say like pharmacy is a small world and it really is like you meet people along the way and then those people know people and then you can leave a good impression and they can say your name somewhere for a job that's hiring. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to just get on LinkedIn, message someone who you think is doing something you want to do and just talk to them, ask them how they got there. Just just be yourself and like let them know you're genuine. And I feel like that's really helped me along my journey. Um, And then one other thing I would say is apply early. Mm -hmm. Um, For fellowships, like for Rutgers, they opened, I think, in November. And then some companies opened earlier than that. So I kind of waited till the end to apply, but by then, you have to think about the number of applicants they had to interview, Um, and they've kind of already seen everyone, and they're they're already trickling down to the numbers. So you want to put yourself out there earlier so your chances are higher. So those are kind of the key things I would probably do differently just to prepare myself and, like, set myself up for success.
0: Sounds good. So then I guess one of my last questions would be, and I think everyone chooses Rutgers. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a famous program that you hear a lot about. But could you tell me, like, what made Rutgers stand out to you in terms of, or could you kind of talk about? If you, if you feel comfortable, obviously, yeah. with the offers that you got and what made you choose Rutgers in the end?
1: Um, from the offers that I got, I specifically knew I wanted J&J because, I mean, first of all, they're like the largest pharmaceutical company. Everyone kind of knows about them. Mm-hmm. And in times that I can remember when the world just needs help and we're always in crisis, I feel like they show up for communities So that was something that I really liked about them and whenever I saw that they had an affiliation with Rutgers it just made it easier because again like my mentor is a Rutgers fellow so it just it was just like easy for me to like learn more about their program Mm -hmm. Um, but for J&J another thing that I liked was their diversity equity and inclusion I feel like they're very big on Uh, making sure that they have well-rounded candidates and that they're investing in their, their fellows. So again, if you want to grow in a specific area, you know that you have like that support to kind of help you get into um, what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing that made me choose J&J was because it, it really felt like a family, like whenever I was interviewing, I just felt it was like natural. It was like comfortable. Um, when I met the team at reception, everyone was like really nice. Like it just felt like the easy decision to make for me. So that's why, why I chose them.
0: Okay. Sweet. Can't argue with that. That's for sure. Um, okay. That's actually a great question. Suleen, who is our P3 (laughs) student for our listeners. Uh, so A question that Suleen had was, how do you feel about mid-year and how did you navigate mid-year as a P3 or P4 student, whichever years you went?
1: Yeah. The thing is, I've gotten this question a lot. Um, And my first time going was this past mid-year in Vegas. And I'm not going to lie, going in, I just saw the benefit more for my friends who were um, pursuing residencies because they have this huge residency showcase and they had a lot of things that were just more beneficial for them. But then um, I decided to go because the dean really encouraged me to go. He was like, you've been interviewing with this company. Like, they're inviting you to reception. Like, why would it, why would you not go? Mm-hmm. So he really, like, gave me the push. Then I registered. Um, and then when I got there, I just started meeting everyone I, I, li- I connected with on LinkedIn. I met them in person, like, literally everyone. And oh, I was nice. just like, okay, hey, it's nice to, like, you know kind of get people's personality and like how they are and just mingle um, and then I went to reception and that's where I think I made the most impact because I got to meet the people who were interviewing me and kind of looking back, I can't I can't believe I wasn't gonna go, you know? <laughs> but for anyone who's doing Rutgers and applying early, um, mid-year would be a great chance for you to meet with um, any Rutgers companies I'll be there, and then also some companies might invite you there for an on-site interview at midyear. So there, mm. there is like benefits for people pursuing fellowships. So in hindsight, I, I can't still can't believe I wasn't gonna go, but I would encourage everyone to go. I know it's an investment, but I feel like it's worth it.
0: I agree. Yeah. So I'm wondering. I mean, that was a great question. It kind of. Um, popped up more questions in my head. So were you able to see any of the program directors for J&J, for your specific program, when you attended mid-year?
1: Yeah, I actually saw one of them. She was at the J&J reception. So it it was nice getting to meet her in person. Uh, We got to talk and get to know each other better. So that's another benefit of going to mid-year. but for any other positions, I didn't because their directors, or schedules are super busy. I didn't really expect to see them, but I knew for sure I was probably going to see the fellows. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I guess that's where you kind of vibe with them. Was it at mid-year? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's good. How about IPHL annual? Did you attend that? In? I did. Okay.
1: Yeah. This past year, it was virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it works is you get to select which companies you're interested in and you get a time slot to just ask questions and you're meeting with fellows, you're meeting with directors, like people who are in charge of the fellowship recruitment process. So it was really beneficial to just get my name out there and like meet people. Even though it's virtual, I tried my best to, you know, like make a good impression. So I think the IP show annual is beneficial. Um, But besides the one-on-one questions, Q&A, you also get um, like a huge slideshow or presentation where each director kind of comes on and says like the qualities about their program and things that they can help you with as a fellow and their professional development opportunities. So I would say everything was beneficial. Yeah.
0: Sweet. I agree. I think it helps to attend... Conferences with the game plan, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of wondering, did you have any pre-made questions that you you know came prepared with? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you the, remember,
1: the one I can remember is the big thing that that for me when picking a fellowship is how does the company support its fellows because we we're kind of like going from a student into industry which is kind of unfamiliar still and unknown especially with our school so. I just really want to know how they would support me if I choose to join their program. Um, so that was my number one question. And then obviously like the specifics, like one or two years, like how, how can I work with other functional areas? Um, what is the leadership team like, you know, just kind of trying to get a feel for them. Those are like the main questions I can remember that I asked every single person. (laughs) So we, yeah,
0: yeah, I'll take notes. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all the questions i've have i've kind of run out of gas uh but it seems like elise our other p3 thank you guys for joining me by the way has another question um okay she asks could you elaborate on how you prepared for your presentation during the interviews another great question by the way yeah
1: um so again for my appies, I did it with one of them with Premier Pharma mentors, and our preceptor really helped us put together a really powerful presentation. Uh, I really do think that helped me because before that, I can't really say I was hundred percent confident in putting together like an eloquent presentation. You know, like that looks good. You can like speak to it. It's like inviting. Like people can easily read it and learn from it. I don't think I I had that skill down. So I think that was one thing that really helped me um, for my presentation. Um, And then also whenever the fellow who was recruiting for my position gave me the information on what I was gonna present, she was very open to me asking questions and like trying to make sure that I fully understand what's going to happen. So I would say like there's not a lot you can do to prepare but they're gonna be there to help you if you have any questions. So just be confident, you got it. This is not our first time presenting, so (laughs) um, I would just say practicing, like your usual practicing and making sure that um, you can speak to why you put the presentation together and then, of course, be able to answer any follow-up questions.
0: Sweet. So what I'm hearing is our disease state presentations (laughs) are a lot more important than we may have thought. They are. Sweet, and also shout out to the dean for encouraging you. To go to yes. <laughs> good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think we're <laughs> all out of gas now. Great questions, by the way. So uh, that kind of concludes our interview with Chinanya of a P four incoming fellow at Johnson and Johnson in Commercial Insights and Strategy. Is there an abbreviation for that? <laughs> well, uh, they do. say CIS. CIS, yes. okay. CIS, which means Commercial Insights and Strategy. Okay. And infectious disease and vaccines and neuroscience. Thank you Thank once you. again. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, that ends our podcast. Special thanks once again to our guest speaker. We hope you learned a lot and had a great time listening to our conversation. And if you aren't already a member, consider joining the industry pharmacy organization at UNTHSC. Thanks and stay tuned for our next podcast.